It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. What's going on, Reds fans, and what's going on, baseball fans alike? Thanks for finding the Lockdown Reds podcast here today on this YouTube channel, or if you're listening on your favorite podcasting app. Today, we're going to talk about a winning weekend for the Cincinnati Reds team over the St. Louis Cardinals. And got a couple of guys that I'm looking at, three up, three down, and we're going to talk about Reds and Cubs to finish out today's episode. As always, make sure that you're following the podcast on your favorite app and subscribe right here on YouTube. Before we jump into all that good stuff that I've got ready for you today, let's play that graphic. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is happening, Reds fans? How about that weekend? Now, I know you're going to say, but Jeff, Sunday wasn't great. Sunday, they lost, but they won on Friday and Saturday, two out of three against the Cardinals. And for a moment, they had won six in a row against those Cardinals. Let's recap this series because it was a lot of fun. Sunday, notwithstanding, they were able to get timely hits when they needed them again, Sunday, notwithstanding. And it was fun to see the way that the lineup stepped up in the absence of Nick Castellanos. I want to jump into that a little bit more into detail in segment two, talking about the two guys that really have stepped their game up since his absence. But it was awesome to see Jesse Winker is back. Hard hit balls all over the place, whether it be left field, center field, right field, does not matter. He is spraying the ball all over the field again, and he is the hitter that we knew early on. No more worries about him. Plus, you saw some good performances from guys like Jonathan India, who extended his streak. He had a streak of six straight games getting on base in his first at bat, his leadoff at bat, which was a fantastic streak. You're talking about a rookie who has absolutely transformed this lineup, and we weren't expecting him to be this big of a deal. We've talked about Jonathan India ad nauseum here on the podcast and just continue to absolutely love everything that he brings to the plate. He got pulled halfway through the Sunday game. I think they kind of noticed with the lopsided score that was on the board, they just figured to give him a little bit more uh, rest than he was about to get. So I'm fine with that. that. That's okay. But he was not able to get on base on Sunday. Overall, though, I, I love the future for Jonathan India and the Reds with Jonathan India at second base and hitting leadoff. Uh, it, it's funny. We got to shout this out. On Friday, there was this absolutely, I, I think there's no other word for it, but insane moment whenever the home plate umpire forgot 
how many strikes and balls there were. He forgot the count. Tyler Naquin walked down to first. He got his walk. He was on base. He was ready to go. The Reds were ready to move on with the inning. And then Mike Schilt was like, ah, excuse me. I think that was ball three. And sure enough, they had to go to a replay review to figure that one out. Oh, I tell you, for the advocates and for the detractors alike of robot umps, what'd you think of that? Because that was ridiculous. I don't know how you completely forget what the count is when you are a professional umpire. That happens in like peewee baseball. That happens in, you know, not whole, maybe even high school stuff, maybe even college. But you are a professional umpire and you don't know what the count is. That's that's just not a good look. And then, of course, Tyler Naquin grounds out on the next pitch. So it's like, oh, instead of uh, being on base, uh, you're out. And uh, just kind of further fed into the struggles that Tyler Naquin has had. We're going to talk about that a little bit more here in segment two. I tweeted that out during Sunday's game. He has been on a mighty struggle as of late after just starting off so hot in the first month and like 10 days of the season. He's kind of come back down to earth there on that. But there's also some great performances, guys who aren't going to make the uh, notable list here in segment two. But we're talking about Tony Santion. Have you seen the way that this dude is pitched out of the bullpen? He's at 97, 98 with that fastball and one heck of a moving slider. But Cowboy said it best. When you see him on the mound coming out of the bullpen, he doesn't look timid. He doesn't look worried. He looks like he knows he's about to get that guy at the plate out. He has confidence. He has poise. He has moxie. And the dude just pitches absolutely phenomenal the way he pitched out of that jam on Friday. And then on Sunday as well, he did give up a walk and a hits batsman, but he had great strikeout pitches, two strikeouts and induced a pop fly out for the third out of that inning in the eighth inning on Sunday. Overall, it's, it's, Awesome to see his development. Hopefully it continues because we know this bullpen sure needs it. Speaking of bullpen, I want to shout out Heath Hembry. Dude is killing it. He has the most saves in the month of June since Aroldis Chapman. And when your name is in any sentence with Aroldis Chapman, that's a good thing in my book. Anyway, I love Aroldis Chapman. I know some people had ambivalent opinions of the guy, but I loved Aroldis Chapman and I love Heath Hembry. Everything that he's bringing to the table, he just strikes guys out. And I know that there's a lot of people out there, and and we talk about it with starters too, guys, pitch counts getting ran up because they're too worried about nibbling around the zone. Heath Henry just has the ability to both challenge and confound hitters, and I love seeing that. A guy that they got one of the many minimum deal type, hey, we'll see, we'll throw a dart at this guy, see if it sticks. It's stuck with Heath Henry. He has been fantastic. And a friend of the podcast, Nick Kirby, actually mentioned on Twitter that, you know, what if they keep him in the closers role whenever TJ Antone comes back and Lucas Sims comes back? I don't know that I'd hate that. In fact, you could kind of create a, a one, a one, a one B with Heath Hembry and Lucas Sims, have them be the two closers. And then, you know, hopefully Michael Lorenzen comes back healthy and you have a one, a one B with Antone and Lorenzen where they can give you two innings. And you can ask them to pitch the 6th and 7th or the 7th and 8th, and then you go to Hembry or or Sims, hopefully the 7th and 8th. But you're able to bridge that gap because you're getting six innings out of most of these starting pitchers now. The Reds, they had this shaky performance from Sonny Gray. We'll we'll talk about that here in the next segment. But 
Something that I think the Reds could really benefit from is the fact that Heath Henry has just become such a good option out of this bullpen. He is absolutely right now with the guys who are healthy, the most trusted option that the Reds have. And I don't think that's close. I don't think there's much of an argument there. Tony Santiago is starting to get into that conversation. And then on the hitting side of things, we already talked about Jonathan India, but how about Carl Far- Kyle Farmer? How about I say Kyle's name right? Whenever he is at the bat, I know that here recently he's been a lot better than he has in the past. And so when you see those numbers coming up, you're like, boy, oh boy, that's been some rough hitting there at the plate. And there's been plenty of people that have pointed out his peripherals not looking all that great. And I do understand that, but there's like one out of every five times he comes up with a nice hit. We're not talking about a dude that we were expecting to be much more than that. Kyle Farmer was a super utility player, even coming out of opening day without a shortstop on the roster. We were talking about him in spring training as a possible shortstop option, but they poo-pooed that. They put that away. They said, Gino's going to be our shortstop. That didn't work out. As excited as I was about that, it didn't work out, and I don't want to see it again. Farmer's been a pretty decent fielder at the shortstop spot, and they, they put him in the spot in the lineup where if you do come up big one out of every five times, that's okay. He's hitting at the bottom of the lineup. We're not asking him to bat fifth. We're not asking him to bat sixth. He's not hitting at the top of the lineup. He's hitting seventh, eighth, ninth, most of the times. So when he comes up big with that line drive homer that he had to help the Reds kind of break the ice and get that tie, I, I just love the fact that he has been able to hold down the shortstop position for the Reds. And it's worth noting that it's going to take a lot to get guys like Trevor Story. It might even take more than the Reds are willing to pay for Angelton Simmons. Now, hopefully you could, based on his lower batting stats and stuff like that, you could probably get him for a lower minor league uh, prospect. But in the grand scheme of things, if they want to say, you know what, we can handle the rest of the year at shortstop, we need to go all in on buying bullpen help, maybe get a fifth starter and kind of once again, not do anything at shortstop and see what else they have the rest of the year with what's on the roster. I don't think I'd hate that. Now you got to go get the bullpen and the starter, but that's beside the point. I, I just think that what Kyle Farmer has brought to the table here recently has been nice. And it's interesting to know because all of the detractors on Twitter and things like that, they do have a good point, but he has also been pretty good as well. We're not talking about like a Gino or something like that, where he comes up with a big hit one out of every 10, 11, 12 times. It's like one out of every five I look at for Kyle Farmer. So I've been happy with that. All right, coming up here in just a minute, I want to talk about three up and three down. It's and I'm not really going to call it a segment because I think any baseball podcast in the world has a segment called three up, three down, but I'm going to tell you about three players whose stock is on the rise and three players who aren't. Uh, we'll get into that here in just a minute. Before we do that, I want to shout out our sponsor for today's podcast, betonline.ag. If you haven't already done so, go there and set up your profile today. Use the promo code locked on. You'll get 50% added onto your initial deposit. Plus, I've got a tip for you right now. I, I try to bring you a tip every so often. This one's a little different. I'm not talking about a specific game or money line or over under or something like that. I was looking at the MLB futures. It's on like the left side. They got a drop down list. You can click on baseball and then they have MLB futures and they have series prices. So for the Cubs Reds series coming up that we'll preview here in just a moment, 
uh, they have the Reds at plus 110, mostly because they're the visiting team. And I think Vegas doesn't see a huge difference between the Cubs and the Reds right now. I think there's value in that, and I think you should take them because I think the Reds are going to win this series. They're going to take three out of four here in Chicago. I have a good feeling about that at plus 110. You can get them today at betonline.ag. So go there, set up your profile, type in the promo code LOCKDOWN to get 50% added onto your initial deposit, and then put some of that money on the Reds to win the Reds-Cubs series in Chicago at plus 110. That's betonline.ag and the promo code Locked on. All right, for our next segment, I want to talk about three guys who's on the rise and three guys who aren't. Firstly, let's start positively because you know me. I like to be positive. The three guys on the up and up, I'm starting with Luis Castillo. Luis Castillo continues to be the guy we expected him to be. That was another great performance on Saturday. Got a little bit of help from Shogo there in the seventh inning with that amazing jumping catch up against the wall. I mean, that was just, I almost said vintage Shogo. He's only been here two years. So it's not really, you can say that a guy who's been here for two years has anything that's vintage, but at the same point, I look at that play and I just say, that is what you get when you get Shogo in the lineup. I, I loved seeing what he brought to the table. I mean, whoa. Anyway, this is a little bit off topic of the three up, three down. What does Shogo have to do? Does Shogo have to hit a home run? I will give this guy a home run. If I, if I can, if I could donate a home run to Shogo so that he can have one, I think that's almost like the thing that they're waiting on to put him in the lineup more is he needs a home run. I, I, I don't know, whatever. But back to Luis Castillo, he's been phenomenal. Seven innings down that Saturday, one earned run allowed, eight total base runners, five hits and three walks and nine strikeouts. That is the line that we're talking about. In these last 10 starts, we've seen everything way, 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 way better. I mean, it's without a doubt, beyond a shadow of a doubt, Luis Castillo's back. We were talking about early on in the season whenever he was really struggling. He had his ERA just through the roof, and you had plenty of people like, why don't you send him down? Why don't you do this? Why don't you put him in the bullpen? Why don't you mess with him? Because this is why. Because he's back. In his last 10 starts, 63 and a third innings pitch. That's six innings per start if you're counting at home. Maybe not that home plate umpire, but whatever. That's beside the point. 1.71 ERA. Yeah, less than two. 68 total base runners, 40 hits and 28 walks, 65 strikeouts. That's a much better strikeout rate. Not quite to the norm that we're used to. He's usually over 10, but that is or 10 per nine. But that is a nine, at least nine per nine over these last 10 starts. Opponents are hitting a buck 80 against him with an OPS of, get this, 512. Both the on base and the slugging are in the 200s against Luis Castillo. And this is a huge reason why, in the last 63 and a third innings, he's allowed two, two home runs. That's it. That was a huge problem for him during his struggles early on because he was giving up so much hard contact. He's not doing that anymore. Two home runs in the last 10 starts, 63 and a third total innings. Our man, Luis Castillo, La Piedra, is back and he is pitching amazingly. Also on the three up. So that's Castillo. He's number one. Number two, Joseph Daniel Botto. He's been talked about a lot on a lot of different sports talk shows for the Reds, looking at what he has done since coming back from his injury where he missed a month 
thanks to that hit by pitch on the broken thumb. Something about the Reds getting hit by pitch, by the way. Like, can other pitchers get better? Can they throw strikes? Can they not hit our guys? The Reds lead the league and hit pitch, hit by pitch. And we've already had Joey Votto go down for a while. Nick Castellanos is on the IL because of it. Kyle Farmer is looking like uh, uh, he's 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 looking like a battered superhero or something like that. He comes up to the plate, he gets hit by a pitch, he like hobbles down to first base because he's getting hit by so many pitches. Jonathan India, I'm surprised. And, and ooh, I, mm, nope. <clears throat> anyway, stop myself before I say that. Anyway. Yeah, stop hitting our guys. Anyway, Joey Votto, since coming back from that broken thumb, 171 plate appearances. He's got a 297 batting average, 404 on base, and he's slugging 538. That's a 941 OPS if you're counting at home. Nine homers and 31 RBIs. That is more like it. In fact, uh, if you uh, average that out, which... This is really just more for my just having fun here. I know that there's a lot of what ifs that go into this, but if you average that out for a 162 game season, that's 36 home runs, 123 RBIs. In other words, he'd have a chance to surpass Johnny Bench in 2024. Now, I get it. There's a lot that goes into that. A lot of what ifs. He's got to stay healthy. He's got to keep hitting at this pace. And the Reds have to pick up his option in 2024, which is a $20 million option. I don't know that that's going to happen. So there's so many what-ifs. He's probably not going to pass Johnny Bench for the franchise all-time leading homers. But that'd be kind of cool. Joey Votter, (laughs) I don't don't even know what I would do if that would happen. Uh, We would definitely call him the Dinger Daddy because Joey Votto still bangs. He still bangs. But the biggest reason I wanted to shout him out, because since the Castellanos injury, when he went down, he had that one pinch hit appearance in the extra inning game against the Mets, which really he didn't even need to do because they could have retroacted his IL stint even further than they did to this past Tuesday. But when he did that, uh, we were all wondering, oh boy, how are the Reds going to replace his production? Since then, Joey Votto has 11 hits. Three of them homers, two of them doubles, eight RBIs, six walks to nine strikeouts. He's gotten on base 50% of the time, mostly hitting third or fourth in the order for the Reds. He has been a huge guy to next man up, step up from the Cassianos injury. And that is where our number three in the um, three up, three down segment that we've got going on right now. Number three, Tyler Stevenson because he has also helped step up there in the middle of the order for this Reds team ever since Castellanos went there. His season has been nice, 288 batting average. You'd like to see a little bit more slugging than 419, but he's an on-base machine. We're talking second only to his teammate, Jonathan India, at 378. Stevenson hasn't quite hit the qualifier just yet, so he's not like in the ranking so far as that goes. But if he were, he'd be second behind Jonathan India in rookie on-base statistics. And since Casty went down with the hurt uh, forearm, yeah, I, I just totally – the wrist. Wow, that like slipped my mind for a second. Since he went down with the wrist injury, Castellanos has – or uh, I'm reading my notes wrong. Stevenson. Has seven hits, all singles, five RBIs, two walks, two strikeouts. He has been a menace at the plate 
to opposing pitchers. They are long at bats. He does not get cheated. You're not looking at a lot of Tyler Stevenson at bats and going, man, he could have done better there. He has been phenomenal for the Reds since Casty's gone down. So that's three up. All right, real quick, three down. Number one, Tyler Naquin. I mentioned him. I tweeted about him. On May 10th, his OPS was sitting at 943 because from opening day to then, he was on a tear. He was hitting the ball crazy. Since then, May 11th to now, he has 213 plate appearances. He's slashing 235, 286, and 362, i.e. OPS 649. And he struck out 52 times compared to just 13 walks. He's swinging at a lot of stuff. If you watch a Tyler Naquin at bat here recently, this past weekend was a perfect example. There will be pitches that start out of the zone and move further out of the zone, but he still swings at those. He is trying to will himself through this slump. He is trying to kind of force the issue a little bit, and he's kind of digging himself deeper. From opening day to May 10th, he had eight home runs. From May 11th to now, he's had five home runs. It's been a struggle for Naquin, and I'm hoping that he can break out of it soon because he was a revelation there in that first month. But the Reds got him on a minimum from the Indians. What have we said about bullpen pitchers all year long? There's a reason that they were available for that. I'm really hoping that the reason was the Indians are just dumb. By the way, they're not going to be the Indians anymore. They're going to be the Guardians. Shout out to Star-Lord. But really need to see him do some bounce back because it's been a long period now. Like I mentioned, 213 plate appearances and a 649 OPS. He's got to be better than that. Got to be better. Number two, three down. You may say that this might be a little unfair because he's only had four appearances since getting called up. But Edgar Garcia, who isn't really, I, I don't think, shouldn't be counted on in stressful situations. David Bell's been putting him into those stressful situations. He's been bringing him into close games, bringing him into situation. Now, he, he got to pitch in this Sunday game against the Mets when the Reds were way down and Marcus Stroman wasn't allowing anything to happen. But other than that, dude has given up runs. In fact, in his four appearances, he's allowed eight total runs, six of them earned, eight hits, only one walk, but he's only struck out three. Whatever the question is, Edgar Garcia is not the answer. I know it's a tiny sample size, but he just, I don't know. He came in this past weekend two times in two different games against the Cardinals and the scoreboard changed for the worse. That's the one thing that a reliever cannot do. Like, all right, whatever. He could be wild. He could walk a couple of guys. As long as the scoreboard stays the same, the reliever did his job. Edgar Garcia has not been doing that job. And I'm a little worried that he may never do it. And the third guy, third guy down, we did three up, now three down, Sonny Gray. Hear me out on this one. Sunday was one of the worst starts that he's had in a Reds uniform, without a doubt. He was getting killed. Could not throw a strike that wasn't a beach ball to a Cardinals hitter. It looked like he was throwing batting practice, i.e. somebody on the Cardinals might choose him to be their uh, home run derby pitcher. Uh, if they're in the home run derby next year, that was not good. 
And there were a lot of people that were kind of writing it off saying, you know, this is just a blip. It's fine. He'll be, he'll be back better than ever in his next start, including Sonny Gray and David Bell, which David Bell is a very optimistic person. So take with that what you will, but is it something more? Is there something more to this? I'm not saying that he's going to come in and give up eight earned runs every time he pitches. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. But we look at Sonny Gray as ace 1B. Luis Castillo has been fantastic. We already mentioned that in three up. Ace 1B has not. And yes, you'll say he's been on and off the IL all season long. So that's part of it. But he has spent so much time this year either being hurt or ramping up from being hurt and trying to get back to being normal that we really haven't seen normal Sonny Gray. Some people may be on the optimistic side. You'll look at his starts and you'll say he's got 11 starts with three earned runs allowed or less. That's nice. However, he has 10 starts, 10 of his 14 starts where he has failed to pitch at least six innings, five and two thirds innings or less. That's not ace one B material. That's not what you expect from your number two guy. And make no mistake about it, coming into this year, he was the number two guy. Is he moving down in that pecking order? Are we talking about Tyler Malley or even Wade Miley supplanting him as that number two pitcher? It's an interesting question. I, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. We have the Locked On Reds line number, 513-549-0159. Or you can hit me up on Twitter, at Jeff Carr with three Fs, and follow the show at Locked On Reds. And you can let me know what you think about that because... I don't know. I'm a little worried about our man, Sonny, because he's, he's dealt with a lot of injuries here over the last year and a half. And we have not seen him really get the chance, let alone be that ace one B that we all know he can be. The bar should be higher for him and he's just not reaching it right now. And I think that that needs to be said. All right, coming up, we're going to preview this Cubs series. Uh, talk about what's going to happen here in game one, Wade Miley versus Kyle Hendricks. Before we get into that, though, I want you to get into a Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Check out the flavors. They got nine great flavors. Talking about some great fruit flavors like orange, strawberry, raspberry, cherry barcia, my favorite. They've also got coconut brownie chunk. They've got double chocolate. They've got salted caramel. Oh, yeah. You got coconut. You got to check them out today. BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your next order. You can buy a whole box of one flavor, or you can go for the mix box and use that promo code locked 15. The mix box has two built bars of every flavor that they've got. So you can try and figure out which one is your favorite. Like mine is cherry barcia and they've got great stats too. You're not talking about something that's going to throw your diet off. This fits into pretty much any diet you can think of. And it's made with 100% real chocolate, four grams or less of net carbs and sugar, and up to 17, sometimes 18 grams of protein. We're talking about the kind of protein bar that will transform your snack game into the major leagues. We are talking about a protein bar, but it tastes like a candy bar. The best protein bar on the market is Built Bar, and you can get it today for 15% off with the promo code LOCKED15. Just go to BuiltBar.com and use that promo code LOCKED15 at checkout. All right, real fast, we got to talk about this Reds Cubs series because it's an important one. It's starting a four game set, they got three eight o'clock games and then a two twenty game on Thursday. But we're beginning with Wade Miley 
and Kyle Hendricks. Wade Miley versus the Cubs. He's got two starts this year. He's gotten, or the Reds have gotten two wins out of those two starts. His start on July 4th, he worked around 10 hits. He allowed the Cubs 10 hits, but he only allowed two earned runs. His other start was on April 30th, where he allowed five hits and two runs as well. Struck out three in each of those starts. In fact, uh, let's kind of do the Luis Castillo thing. Looking at Wade Miley's last 10 starts, he actually has one third, uh, a third of an inning pitched more 63 and two thirds innings pitched. He's got a 2.12 ERA. That's where I say Wade Miley is really starting to put into the argument of, is he like the second best pitcher that the Reds have 52 strikeouts to 17 walks. He does not walk people. And that is so crucial in this day and age where almost 9%, the, the league average walk rate is almost 9%. Wade Miley says, nah, but nah. He also has allowed a 257 batting average and 679 OPS to opposing hitters. Wade Miley, I mean, we all know Wade Miley's been fantastic. And I wish I could have gotten that poster from uh, last Saturday's game because that was a fantastic poster. Him and the Hulk, and that was, oh, it was great. But Wade Miley has been so awesome for this Reds team this year, looking for good stuff tonight against the Cubs. Kyle Hendricks versus the Reds this year. He's only started once, and that was on July 4th against Wade Miley. It was a duel. He pitched six innings, and he only allowed one earned run. But like I said, the Reds got the win in that game. He pitched six innings. Uh, He had five strikeouts, no walks. So the Reds are going to have to make sure that they jump on. He throws slow pitches. His average fastball velocity is 87, but his MO is just like Wade Miley's. It's pitch to weak contact because he doesn't strike people out. In fact, his strikeout rate has gone down this year compared to his career average. His career average is 20.9% strikeouts. This year is 17 and a half but he just doesn't walk people either. He's only got a 4% walk rate. So the Reds are going to have to have some good bats. It's interesting to note though, because you're going to see his ERA is 3.6 and he is a good pitcher, but his FIP and his XFIP are saying that he's getting a little lucky. His FIP is 4.6. His XFIP is 4.46. So maybe the Reds can uh, put one on him tonight. He only has a ground ball rate of 39.7% this year. So he's allowing a lot of fly balls, some line drives. They're just not super hard hit, but maybe the Reds can capitalize on that and put the ball where the fielder ain't and get some runs in tonight. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I was looking at the weather forecast because you always want to know what the wind's going to do in Chicago. Uh, nothing really to note. We'll have to see what the wind is doing at Wrigley Field. But so far as the city is concerned, there's only like, seven mile per hour winds going on. That's not really going to mess too much with any sort of fly ball into the outfield. And it's supposed to be a clear day looking forward to what the reds have in store for this series, four games. Like I said earlier in the bet online ad, you can get the series price right now. Reds at plus plus one ten. I got a good feeling that they're going to take three out of four because they know that their backs are up against the wall. They took two out of three from St. Louis. Yes. But the Brewers took two out of three from the White Sox, too. So the Reds made up no ground in the divisional race. So it's a little bit annoying to see that. They're going to have to continue to win series, not just split two out of four with this Cubs team that is looking to trade pieces off. Heck, the lineup that we see tonight might be vastly different from the lineup that we see on Thursday. 
but to see how that all plays out starts tonight at 8.05 and make sure that you join me, Steve Offenbaker and Mo Egger at Fretboard Brewery today at 7 p.m. We're going to be talking right before the game starts. We're going to be talking about this Reds team, buyers, sellers. What do they think about what's going on with some of these guys that are struggling, some of these guys who are just raking? We're going to talk about all of that and more at Fretboard Brewery in Blue Ash tonight at 7 p.m. Hope to see everybody down there. Going to be beer and baseball. What could be better? Oh, yeah, and they got barbecue. The three B's of life, beer, barbecue, and baseball. What what could be better than that? Come join us at Fretboard in Blue Ash tonight at 7. But that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the Lockdown Reds and watching the Lockdown Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Lockdown Reds and save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. I want to close out today's show with a shout out. This is coming from the Lockdown Reds line. I want to give a shout out to Avi, who's moving to Cincinnati for law school. He's a huge Reds fan, listens to the show. Appreciate you listening, Avi. Also, he's uh, submitted a couple of questions before on the Lockdown Reds line, but he's moving to Cincinnati for law school. He's way smarter than me. That, that's that's for sure. I never really thought of law school, and he's about to do it. So good luck on law school. Welcome to Cincinnati. You're going to love it. Make sure you get you some Skyline Chili, too. But sh- big shout-out to Avi. And uh, Avi, you can thank your girlfriend, Kayla, for that. She hit up the Lockdown Reds line, 513-549-0159. That'll do it for us today. Now go check out the Lockdown MLB podcast. Sully is looking at the league Every single day, he's got a wealth of knowledge, both past and present when it comes to baseball, and he imparts it to you each and every day. I'm sure he's going to have a lot about the trade deadline on there today as well. Check it out, the Locked On MLB podcast, wherever you get your podcast. But as for Locked On Reds, that'll do it. I'll talk to each and every one of you at Fretboard tonight and tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.